0: Hello friends, and welcome to Because CONCACAF, the podcast where we break down all the action and all the craziness from the Confederation of North and Central American and Caribbean Associations of Football, and sometimes the rest of the world too. With Don Palumbo, I'm Andy Lohman, and it is playoff time in North American club soccer. The MLS playoffs get underway this week, the NWSL playoffs are already in the semifinals, and then plus the U.S. Women's National Team plays a pair of friendlies against Colombia. Let's start in Major League Soccer where 18 of the league's 29 teams earned a postseason berth. The eight and nine seed from both the Eastern and Western conferences will contest play-in matches this week, with the winners advancing to the conference quarterfinals, which are best-of-three series. Something fairly common to North American pro sports, but a rarity in the soccer world. When doing some research for this pod, I learned that in MLS's first four seasons in the late 90s, they actually had best-of-three series in the conference semifinals and finals. So we're returning to our heritage. This is football heritage. Uh, From the conference semifinals onwards, though, this year through the MLS Cup, it's back to single elimination. In doing that research, and feel free to fact check me here because it gets complex. But in 2023, MLS's 28th season, this will be the 14th time the playoff format has changed from the previous year. Some of that's by necessity. I mean, the league has tripled in, in size since its inception. Um, and COVID was in there, too, so that kind of made things weird. But a part of me really just wants the league to pick a format and stick with it and just really establish the brand and culture of what MLS playoffs are. We'll get into the actual teams and games in a moment. But, Dom, I would love your thoughts on a topic always at the top of our mind on this podcast, which is tournament formats.
1: <sighs> Let's just stick to one. Like, like this region, like like the Champions League has been basically the same for my entire fandom of Arsenal, which began about the same time as my fandom of the U.S. Men's National Team, which was 2010, 09-2010. Champions League has never changed. The Premier League. Never... UEFA yes. Champions League. CONCACAF Champions League has changed, I think, for maybe League even has... more times. UEFA <laughs> Champions League has never changed. Premier League never changed. FA Cup never changed. The Karibo Cup, other than changing sponsorship names 9,000 times, has never changed. And yet here we are with the 9,000th MLS playoff format. As I texted you, I think it was so. today's Tuesday, yesterday, Monday. The best format in my opinion was when it was five teams from each conference they had the doofy little wild card round and it was two legs all the way until MLS cup final and the legs didn't account for away goals so they just played it straight up the higher seed got the second match at home and the benefit of playing extra time at home and away goals didn't matter that may have even only been for like a one year stretch like 2012 is what I remember. Cause DC United beat the Red Bulls in the, in the Eastern conference semis and benefited from away goals, not mattering.
0: There was, so there's two seasons, 2012 and 2013. I think you might be misremembering it slightly, but you're close. So there's 10 teams total top five in each conference, single leg in the play in round two leg aggregate in the conference semis no away goals and then single leg in the conference finals and MLS cup and 2014 they added away goals back in or sorry they added away goals for the first time you look confused no, you should be confused. no that's
1: not correct
0: yeah i know because so east united
1: played houston dynamo in two legs in 2012
0: yeah, it was the conference uh finals.
1: Sentence. Conference finals. I'm i t- I'm okay, I'm pulling up. No, no, no. No. No, I'm pulling this up now.
0: This is tremendous podcasting. I know I'm junior. yes.
1: Yes. DC United lost the first leg at Houston 3 1. You went to the second leg with your dad. I did go that day. and we drew one yeah. one and lost four two with Nick DeLeon and all that jazz. We beat New York 1-0 oh, in yeah. New York. Uh, Bill Hamid got a red card. What's-his-face saved a PK. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Houston was a wild card team and got smoked by L.A. in MLS yeah, Cup right. with uh, Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan. Because that was the year, I believe, Seattle... No, that was the next year when Seattle won the Supporters' Shield and U.S. Open Cup, but didn't win MLS Cup. All right, well. It doesn't matter. I tried. The fact that it's changed this many times is absurd. We're on like our 19th different edition of the Nations League with the women's the women's side of things has like their 19th different tournament that they're calling it a different name. We're just going to go with the gold cup this time around. Um, I don't know. I don't know the the overarching theme to me and Pablo Maurer kept tweeting about this, but like when you let in 18 of 29 teams, like you're just watering it down. Cause like, you 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 just cannot tell me that Charlotte FC deserves to be in the playoffs. And I love Charlotte FC. Lived in Charlotte for two years. Got pretty close with Charlotte men's soccer alum, Brant Bronico, who plays for Charlotte FC. Really cool that he's there. But, like, why do we need nine teams? And then we the, don't. like, And then the like, we're going to have best two out of three in the first round, but then single elimination and onwards doesn't really make sense to me. Especially if we're all about like league revenue, the more games you have, the more tickets you're going to sell, the more food you sell, yada, yada, yada. The more money you make and the longer that fans of certain teams have to stick around and watch. But then you can say, oh, well, you don't want to go too far into December to worry about weather. Well, then why have a two
0: out of three round anyway? I think part of it is also they try and dance around the international windows and not have rounds stretch out across them. Then don't have it at all. Yeah. I actually kind of liked it last year, honestly, where it was just single elimination straight up. Yeah. It makes home field advantage significantly important and it gives some incentive to the regular season. I agree. I mean, having nine teams, I would argue even having eight teams at this point is overkill. I think the NFL had the perfect playoff format before the one they currently have, where it was six teams from each conference. So the top two get buys and then three through six play in that first round because you get the perfect incentive of like the top two teams, you know, get rest. It's not too many teams where like making a playoff feels important and it feels like every like two seven NFL wild game is terrible. Is an absolute blowout and yes. an awful game. Yeah. So right. I I think I I don't even clearly my I tried to chart out the MLS format changes and it speaks to their complexity and frequency that I got it wrong. But I think the one that really was the best, especially right now, would be it would be twelve teams out of twenty nine about to be thirty in twenty twenty five when San Diego joins. The top two get I'm good with you know the two leg aggregate and the conference semis, right? Yeah,
1: I think it should be advance. the conference. I think I think, it sh- I think it should be conference semis and the conference finals be two over two legs. The first round should be single elimination, and then if you want the dramatics of MLS Cup being a yeah. final, because to me, I think league Liga- ML- MLS Cup has
0: always been one single yes. game. I think Liga
1: MX has the best has has the best playoff format where it's I believe in the fall it's the top eight and in the spring it's the top twelve. Make well it-, it was
0: always eight and I think COVID they pushed to twelve and that was they only have eighteen teams in their top division. So you're already getting to that kind of weird ratio of like there's way too many of these like Yes, I mean most Jolos, big Tijuana fan, sure, but like there's no way sure they should fine. the playoffs. But you know? like top
1: eight, and it's two legs the whole way. Yeah. So effectively, whoever wins that tournament is your most deserving team.
0: A lot of Latin American, you know, both Central American and South American leagues do it that way. Copa Libertadores, or no Copa Libertadores, the finals one leg, but basically like every other. Well, UEFA champions league, it's the finals legs.
1: one leg. Yeah. You have the Champions League the finals one leg. I'm fine if you want to have a final that's one single leg at like a neutral site, but like this format, oh, it's nonsense. It's just a now the now okay, and the annoying part is is I'm probably gonna watch a lot of it. 100%. I'm going to do my best to catch both matches tomorrow. I've got trunk or treat at Rachel's work. So maybe a little busy there, but like I'm going to do my best to catch as much of this as possible because whether I like it or not, there's going to be stupid storylines that come from it. It's going to be entertaining. The fact that if you get through the first round, you could conceivably have a really clear path to MLS cup for any of these teams. I have a feeling one of the one seeds is going to go down in the first round, whether it be St. Louis, Lewis or Houston, like it's going to be fun. Like what are we doing? And, and cool. If this is what you want to go with, then can we please stick with it for more than a season? Because I think over time, the more you change it, the, the harder it gets to like kind of add credibility to teams winning MLS cup. Because if the playoff format just changes, like there's always going to be an argument. Well, LAFC last year just kind of got hot for a couple weeks, even though they were the Supporters Shield winners. They just got hot for a week or they got hot for three games or, well, Columbus got bit because they had to play Atlanta three times in a row. And it's really hard to beat a team twice, and nobody else had to do that. Like you just get convoluted arguments. The more you change the format, now let's talk about the matchups.
0: Well, and it's my final point of why this is nonsense. It just creates this huge imbalance in like the importance of the match. Like, you could play three matches in the conference quarterfinals, and then three matches from the semifinals to a trophy. Why does that take the same amount of games? That's nonsense. Ugh,
1: anyways, and there's no extra time in the best of three, so if it ends tied, just go goes straight to penalties straight to PKs.
0: A la leagues cup. Yes. At that point, we should just bring back the uh, the 35 yard yep. shootout. That's football heritage. Anyways, let's let's talk about the Eastern Conference first. Um, I'll take you through a brief profile of each team and matchup, kind of like we did for the CONCACAF Nations. League. Like, I'll give you a player to watch for every team, too. Um, I'll ask you your thoughts on the East total when we're done. So the 8-seed New York Red Bulls will take on the 9-seed Charlotte FC in the playing Wednesday night. Red Bulls are one of three original MLS clubs to have never won an MLS Cup, which, as an unabashedly pro DC United podcast, we love to see that. They have at least one of three supporter shields, though. This is their 14th consecutive playoff appearance. They are the 2008 MLS Cup runners-up when they lost to the Columbus Crew. Charlotte FC is in their second season of existing, uh, and this is their playoff debut. These teams drew in both of their meetings in 2023. Uh, Red Bulls did beat Charlotte 3-1 in the round of 16 in the U.S. Open Cup last year. That was the only like knockout instance that I could find. Players to watch, uh, John Tolkien for the Red Bulls, Gold Cup legend. Dynamic left back, Uh, he converted a stoppage time penalty to secure playoff position for the Red Bulls this year. Kind of a cool moment. Go USA. For Charlotte, uh, Karol Swiderski is a Polish striker who has led Charlotte in scoring in both of uh, their seasons of existence so far. Wonder if that game gets FC Cincinnati the one seed. Cincinnati are the 2023 Supporters Shield champions as the only trophy in club history. This is their fifth MLS season. Second playoff appearance, they lost to the Philadelphia Union in the conference semis last season. Lucho Acasa, I mean, he's the favorite for league MVP, 17 goals, 14 assists. He's the heartbeat of the best team in the league. It it, it could not be anyone besides him as the player to watch. 4-5 matchup is the Philadelphia Union and New England Revolution. Philly won the 2020 Supporters' Shield. That's the only trophy in their history. They lost in a shootout in last year's MLS Cup Final to LAFC. That's their best finish in the competition. This is their sixth straight playoff appearance. New England is the second of our three original clubs to have never won an MLS Cup. Revs did win the 2021 Supporters' Shield, the 2007 U.S. Open Cup. And for the true sickos, the 2008 Superliga. if you'll remember, that is the spiritual predecessor to Leagues' Cup. They're the only American team to win that in its short lifespan. New England finished, has finished runners-up in MLS Cups five times, which is crazy to think about. They're basically the Buffalo Bills of MLS. Uh, as recently as 2014 was their last runner-up finish. They're back in the playoffs after missing last year. Uh, their only playoff meeting, New England won 2-0 in the 2020 conference quarterfinals, kind of spoiling Philly's supporter shield there. This season, uh, Philly won 3-0 in May, but New England won on the final match day. Gustavo Bow with a brace there. Philly has three designated player attackers. That's your you know, your player that kind of doesn't count towards the salary cap. You can spend whatever you want on them. Uh, so a, a three-pronged trident of attack there, but for me it's Daniel Gazdag, the Hungarian midfielder. He's the one to watch 14 goals, 11 assists this year. For New England, it's Carlos Heal. I mean, he's when he's on form, he's one of the best number 10s in the league. 11 goals, 15 assists for them. The 3-6 matchup is Columbus Crew and Atlanta United. Columbus has won two MLS Cups in 2008 and 2020. They're one of seven clubs to win multiple Cups. They also have three Supporter Shields and the 2002 Open Cup. This is the first time back in the playoffs for them since winning that 2020 MLS Cup. Atlanta United are the 2018 MLS Cup champions. They also won the 2019 U.S. Open Cup back in the playoffs after missing last year. In 2007, uh, Columbus' crew beat Atlanta United on penalties in the opening round after a scoreless draw. That was their only playoff meeting. These two teams tied in Atlanta in October, but the crew won 6-1 in Columbus in March in MLS play. Columbus has a lot of good players. Uh, Cucho Hernandez is like a best-11 caliber guy. But I'm watching Darlington Nagby. Won MLS Cup with both of these teams and also Portland Timbers. He's Columbus's captain. He won the 2017 Gold Cup with the U.S and also won the Mac Herman Trophy with Akron when they won the NCAA National Championship in 2010. Uh, Atlanta, also a lot of good players on their roster. Tago Amado, though, has to be the guy who leads MLS and assists with 19 and just won the World Cup with Argentina. Our final Eastern Conference matchup, the 2-7, is Orlando City in Nashville. Orlando won the U.S. Open Cup last year in 22. That's their only trophy as an MLS club, although they did win two USL Pro Championships in 2011 and 2013 before it became what is now the usl championship is the fourth straight playoff appearance on uh, their best finish was the conference semifinals in 2020 this is nashville's fourth season as an mls club after two seasons in the usl and then the usl championship they've never won a trophy but they have made mls playoffs every year of their existence in that league including conference semifinals appearances in 2020 and 2021 Nashville beat Orlando in the first round in 21 by a 3-1 scoreline with a brace from Honey Mukhtar. This year in MLS play, Orlando won on the road in October, but Nashville won on the road in April. Facundo Torres is the man to watch for Orlando. He was the best player of the year in Uruguay twice for Peña Roll, is on their national team, and scores just boatloads of goals for Orlando. Mukhtar is the obvious choice for Nashville. He was last season's gold boot and MVP winner. Thoughts on the Eastern Conference?
1: Okay. So I'm gonna I guess honestly probably get low-key give um some predictions here. Um the matchup I'm looking most forward to is easily Philly in New England. Um I th- I think that has fire written all over it. That has three PK shootouts written all over <laughs> it. Um Gustavo Bo is literally just like sauce. Like, like if like like bangers sauce anything any 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 buzzword that we say all the time yes to describe a great goal is him I don't actually I still at this stage of my MLS fandom don't know if I know how good he actually is but he'll just rip one from like 25 yards out occasionally and score and it looks really cool and New England I think I think New England and Philly are two pretty evenly matched sides. So um, if, if there's any new MLS fans here, I think that that is, is the matchup to watch with an OG side in New England. And even though Philly, isn't one of the original MLS sides. Like I feel like they're well established enough in the league that they almost feel like an original MLS club at this point. Um, and then the second one is Orlando and Nashville. I know Nashville's the seven seed, but the East was so tightly compacted that I think those teams are uh, much more evenly matched then uh, maybe their seating would allow you to believe. And they both have uh, absolute dudes going forward um, in Mukhtar for Nashville. And then, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The kid that. uh, Oh, Duncan McGuire. Duncan McGuire played for the. uh, u.s olympic squad i think those two series will probably be the most entertaining of the first round if you want to watch pure chaos i'm sure that wild card contest between charlotte and new york will be crazy but i i can't see either of those teams beating cincinnati twice across three matches um and i actually think columbus I think Columbus is the second-best team in the East. Um, I think they're the only team that stands a chance at knocking off Cincy. I think they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think they're going to dispatch Atlanta um, fairly comfortably.
0: Yeah, I like Columbus a lot. Uh, and I
1: think they're the six, aren't they? No, they're the the three. They're the three? Okay. Well,
0: they're getting hot at the right time. I mean, Cucho Hernandez, I believe, has 16 goals. They also have Diego Rossi. Who's a former MLS MVP? Julian Gressel, you'll remember him from the Gold Cup. Uh, Kevin Molino, Trinidad and Tobago, great. Jason Russell Rowe, Canadian national team, great. Uh, Patrick Schulte was another uh, goalie on the under 23s. I just, I like Aiden Morris, another Gold Cup guy. They just have a lot of pieces that I like a lot, and they're playing hot at the right time. But Atlanta does too. I think I think the Columbus Atlanta matchup is the most intriguing one to me cuz Atlanta really? you got Yacom... Yep. Atlanta you got Yakamakis in addition to Almada and then um what's the Georgian guy that they also got Miles Robinson at center back. I think both of those teams are super talented and have the ability to to make deep runs. I think New England Philadelphia will be a very entertaining series but I think those are two very flawed teams. Like, Philly was awesome last year, but it feels like the wheels are kind of falling off a little bit, especially because the front office just isn't re-signing anyone, and they're all kind of pissed about that. Like, Kai Wagner, the defender, has been, like, open about how pissed he is about the- that they're not re-signing him. I believe they're laying Alejandro Bedoya go, who's their captain, and, like, club legend. And they're and always like, famously the
1: And announced it before the season ended.
0: Yeah. And they're, like, famously, like, tight-pursed uh, and then New England had, like, the weird Bruce Arena coach dismissal. I still don't know if we know what happened there. I do they're, on, like, their, like, third coach of the season. So, like, that is a matchup of very bad vibes in our vibes-o-meter. vibes o well, Vibes are not great. So, there could be some say, chaos. I don't think either of those teams are going to make a deep run, though.
1: Well, I will say, I think in terms of just, like, crowds columbus and atlanta and like just in terms of atmospheres and their home stadiums collectively is probably the best matchup as well um i feel like orlando draws okay but i don't know Nashville nashville does but every time i watch a match in orlando i always feel like the crowd's super subdued
0: i've been to that stadium it's pretty nice um yeah, I, I, to echo your point though, I think Orlando is good. I think any of the top three seeds in the East are legitimate title contenders, and I would even no. maybe throw Atlanta and Nashville as like dark horses. Since he's so good, I mean, since he's going to obliterate whoever wins that playing game.
1: Well, those teams are those teams are ass. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, Duncan dude.
0: McGuire, shout out to Creighton. He could be an X factor for Orlando as well. In addition to Torres,
1: uh, an Orlando, Orlando versus like Orlando Columbus in the second round would be oh, would be phenomenal. Kick ass. Too bad that's only one match and not like best. We should just do best of seven. <laughs> I think we should just play matches until February. You know, MLS we'll coaches, never have an off season. MLS coaches always complain about not being in form for Champions Cup. This is the perfect way to do it, isn't it? We'll play MLS cup will be the first week of February, right? It'll, it'll preview the super bowl. It'll be the opener (laughs) for the super bowl.
0: Which I should have worked this into the open. They announced the champions cup schedule and we're once again, back to like playing in February to start off. That's going to screw us over collectively as, as MLS teams. Should we move on to the West? Yeah, let's do it. All right, in the West, the 8-9 playing matchup is uh, Sporting Kansas City and San Jose Earthquakes. SKC has two MLS Cups, one in 2000 when they were the Kansas City Wizards and one in 2013. They also have a Supporter Shield and four U.S. Open Cups. They are back into the playoffs after missing out last year. San Jose also has two MLS Cups in 2001 and 2003. Also have two Supporter Shield titles. They are back in the playoffs for the first time since 2020. This is a rematch of the 2003 Western Conference Final where Landon Donovan scored a golden goal winner in overtime to lift the Earthquakes to a 3-2 win. Very young, Landon Donovan. Uh, uh, This year in a must play, SKC won in August, but San Jose won in April. Alan Pulido is my player to watch for SKC. Uh, When the Mexican forward is healthy, he is a difference maker for them. And then for the Quakes, Argentinian forward Christian Espinoza is the guy to watch. He's got 13 goals this year. That winner will face one seed, St. Louis City. Uh, This is their first season playing soccer. They have no trophies or experience. I have no notes here uh, because they just don't exist. Roman Berkey, the former Borussia Dortmund goalkeeper, is my player to watch. He has a nice 74.5. Save percentage this year in eight clean sheets. Um, Should be fun to watch them in their playoff debut. The 4-5 matchup is Houston Dynamo and Real Salt Lake. Houston has won two MLS Cups uh, in their first two seasons, in 2006 and 2007. They also have two two U.S. Open Cups, 2018 and this year in 2023. Back in the playoffs for the first time since 2017, pretty long draft for them. Real Salt Lake are the 2009 MLS Cup champions. That is their only trophy in club history. This is their third straight playoff appearance. Somehow these two teams have never met in the playoffs, although this is a rematch of the U.S. Open Cup semifinal from this year where Houston won 3-1 to one in extra time. An MLS play this year, they tied in May, and Houston won 3-0 in August, right after the U.S. Open Cup title. We talk about Alberto Carrasquilla incessantly on this podcast, so I'm going to say that Mexican star and Dynamo captain Hector Herrera is the player to watch in central midfield. And then for RSL, Colombian forward Chicho Arango, who won MLS Cup with LAFC last year, is the player to watch there. The 3-6 matchup is LAFC and Vancouver Whitecaps. LAFC are the reigning 2022 MLS Cup champions. They also won the Supporters' Shield in 19 and 22. They have only missed the playoffs once in their six-year history. Vancouver have never won MLS Cup, but they have won the Canadian Championship three times. The Whitecaps, uh, not a prolific playoff team. They have never made it past the conference semifinals, which they reached in 15 and 17. These teams have never faced each other in the MLS playoffs. Um, obviously not the US Open Cup because Vancouver is not in the US. But they did play each other in the quarterfinals of this year's CONCACAF Champions League where LAFC won 6-0 on aggregate. Uh, although in the regular season, uh, Vancouver held the advantage with a win and a draw. For LAFC, I mean, you have to watch Dennis Bouanga. He's the goal and boot winner with 20 goals. And then Van- for Vancouver, for me, it's Scottish uh, DP midfielder Ryan Gauld. He's got 11 goals and 12 assists. And finally, the 2-7 matchup is the Seattle Sounders and FC Dallas. Sounders have won MLS Cup twice in 2016 and 2019. They also won the 2022 CONCACAF Champions League, the 2014 Supporters Shield, and four separate U.S. Open Cups. The only time in their history they've missed the playoffs was last year. FC Dallas is our final original club to have never won an MLS Cup. They finished runner-up in 2010 to the Colorado Rapids. They did, however, win the 2016 Supporters' Shield and have two U.S. Open Cups in the playoffs for the second straight season. These teams have met four times in the conference semifinals. Seattle won in 2014, 2016, and 2020. Dallas won in 2015. They tied both times they played each other this year. For Seattle, I think it's Nico Ladero and his 10 assists. They're going to be the X factor. And then for Dallas, it's got to be the Pirate of the Caribbean, right? Jesus Ferreira, man. Thoughts on the West?
1: I think St. Louis is going to lose first round.
0: To the San Jose Sporting Kansas City winner?
1: Yeah, I really do. That would be some chaos. Um, I would enjoy that. And And it has nothing to do with what they've accomplished and nothing to do with like the players that they have, the quality that they have. Like, they, not to use a cliche and say that like MLS playoffs are like that much different, but because so many teams make the playoffs and with making the playoffs being the main focus of so many teams. Like, a lot of these regular season matches can get pretty mundane, um, and the pressure may not be nearly as high as it could be if you're, like, really battling for something. Like, I don't really think they were really ever in the supporter shield race, um, and they weren't, like, I feel like that challenged that heavily for the top spot in the West. Um, I think they're going to struggle a little bit no matter who they play, whether it's sporting or, or San Jose, I think they're going to struggle a little bit kind of in that environment where not that it is a one and done scenario, but if you can't hold serve at home in game one, and all of a sudden you're in a must win situation on the road at, especially if, if they go to sporting Kansas city, I mean, that's an incredibly difficult environment to win in, especially in a winner go home scenario. Um, so I actually like Houston dynamo too. Not only take down Real Salt Lake but beat whichever of of the wild card winners they may have to play in the conference semis which they will host at home in Houston. I also think Houston's going to be the best story of this entire playoffs because the vibes that they are playing with are impeccable. Um, my pick to win the West is probably going to be Seattle I mean yeah FC Dallas has the pirate of, of the Caribbean. Uh, jesus ferreira but i mean i think seattle just has a little bit more quality and i think i honestly think the only reason they didn't make the playoffs last year is they put so much of their energy into concacaf champions league that it they were kind of in a pretty insurmountable hole once they kind of recovered from that to the point where they were always fighting an uphill battle and with that not being the case this year uh, i think they're going to make a pretty pretty good run at MLS cup, whether they win it or not, I don't know, but, um, that they're my favorite to win the West and, um, I don't know, LAFC and Vancouver. That one's kind of a toss up for me. LAFC obviously hasn't been nearly as like impressive as they were last year. They still have a ton of quality, but again, they, they pushed themselves all the way to the champions cup final, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much of a lasting impact that can have, but I would imagine Vancouver is going to be out for some level of blood after getting embarrassed uh, in what, probably early March. So,
0: See, I think the LAFC's CONCACAF Champions League deep run, they made it to the final, lost to Leon. I think that's the reason they're only a three seed, because they were putting so much emphasis on that. They're spread too many directions early in the year. Mm-hmm. I think right now they're my favorite in the West. going to my head, right. I think it's a Cincy LAFC final. LAFC is so good. Denny Bawanga is good. You got Carlos Vela in Cincinnati too. Yeah, how great would that be? Final. Um, I mean, Seattle's very good. I think a LA Seattle <laughs> conference semi would be an excellent game. I don't see very many defenses in the league stopping Denny Bawanga. I, I, I agree with you. That-
1: I find it hard to believe that Seattle loses at home in a playoff scenario Mm -hmm. because they're not – they ain't going to have to go on the road unless they play St. Louis, and you'll note I have St. Louis going out in the first round. So I I just – I really struggle to see them – even if they have to play the max number of matches in that first round, they're still going to have home field in the second round. That's just I weird. don't
0: think St. Louis will. I think neither Sporting Kansas City or San Jose is good enough to beat St. Louis. I'll buy that it'll go to three games, which is just hilarious to say in MLS context. <laughs> um, but I think St. I think St. Louis is clear of both of those teams. I do think St. Louis will get blitzed by Houston in the conference semis. Like that won't be close. Houston is one of the more complete teams, I think, front to back. Their midfield with Herrera and Karskiya and Bossy is so good. They got Corey Baird up top playing well at the right time. I like Nelson Quinones on the wing. I, I think they are probably the deepest team. They're easily a dark horse. I think they blitz St. Louis. But they're I, playing well at the right time. They're playing right. well at the right time. I think it's Houston, L.A. in the in the West final. But this I, I to be fair, Houston. I would not be surprised with Seattle. I think
1: there's I think what does excite me about playoff formats is just the idea of some of the matchups that you can get. Again, it the the format is what it is and it's dumb and stupid, but like the capabilities of us potentially having Columbus and Cincinnati playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, that's a regional rivalry. What the hell is real Darby? With, at this stage, a lot on the line. Obviously, there's going to be bragging rights. Um, I want to say Cincy, right after the Open Cup got shelled by Columbus at home. Like, yeah, right I think after, you're right. Like, right yeah. after they lost to Inter-Miami in the semis, they got blitzed by Columbus at home. Anyway, another potential
0: I, fun rivalry. I think there's a budding rivalry between Sporting KC and St. Louis, as kind of like the two like big like Midwestern teams. It could be a, a fun first round matchup if they get past San Jose. I I
1: really I think. I mean, to me, the only way Sporting can win that, like, you have to win Game One. Like, you have to jump all over St. Louis, catch them off guard in their first ever playoff match, and then hold serve at home. Like if St. Louis wins that first game, I don't think they're going to lose. But to me, once you're in some of those pressurized moments, because they haven't really been in a moment like that. I don't, what was their, what was their leagues cup finish? Probably what round of 32 or round of 16? Not sure where they ended up in the U.S. Open Cup, but they weren't there anywhere close to the end. So if this is their like only second or third really like win or go home situation, I struggle to see a brand-new club handling that with flying colors.
0: Columbus did beat Cincinnati 3-0 right after Cincinnati lost in the U.S. Open Cup. So you were correct there. St. Louis City lost both of its Leaks Cup group stage games, did not even make the round of 32. Should be fun stuff. I mean, as much as we lament the format changes, and honestly, I kind of enjoy it because it's just funny to talk about, like, oh, we got a new one. MLS playoffs are a ton of fun. Like, there's going to be some chaos. There's going to be some great moments. There's going to be great atmospheres. Someone's going to score a banner. I'm very, very excited to To dive into all of this, and I think we'll probably be less sleep deprived collectively on the next podcast to like analyze it in an well, intelligent in every, way. Every
1: every match is a standalone game, yeah. which in the past in MLS you haven't always gotten. There is a Sunday evening triple header: Houston, Real, Salt Lake at six; Cincy against whoever they play at eight; and St. Louis against whoever they play at ten all on Apple TV with select matches on FS1. I believe MLS Cup is on Fox.
0: I'm excited. Should we uh, talk about the ladies for a little bit?
1: Let's do the thing.
0: In NWSL action, OL Reign advanced to the semifinal with a 1-0 win over Angel City, coming from an entirely University of Virginia connection of Phoebe McLernan, finding Veronica Latsko for the goal in the 87th minute. They now face top-seeded San Diego Wave. In the other quarterfinal, Gotham FC took down North Carolina Courage 2-0 in the Allie Krieger Revenge Tour, and they now face Portland Thorns in the semifinal.
1: I said it to you right before we we hopped on. Both of these matches were honestly a little bit dull. Um, I don't know what it is about Gotham when they play North Carolina, but they have played each other five times across all competitions and gotham has won every single time um not sure why that is or what that matchup brings that brings kind of the best out of gotham but it's pretty fascinating there and the the rain and angel city match was just like it's like a drunk pillow fight until like the last ten minutes when the rain kind of woke up. They brought Rose Laval on late, um, and it was very clear that she changed pretty much the entire dynamic of that match. Um, OL Rain started controlling more of the ball, had uh, more of the chances in the final third. Finally, pounced on one late to advance. Um, to me, I feel like San Diego has to be San Diego and Portland have to be obviously they're the favors because they're the top two seeds, but. Um, I kind of struggle to see either of them really struggling that much in their collective semifinal matches, especially with them being at home um, and the fact that San Diego has. um, I just blanked, but they're hosting the final. They are hosting the final no matter what. So they did win
0: the the shield is that what you're trying to say well, they're the, they're hosting the, the microwave it. plate well they there
1: it was announced before the season started that the final was going to be at snapdragon or whatever the hell they call that stadium so could be a situation where if they handle their business they can they can host the the big kahuna at home in
0: front of their fans but
1: yeah i don't know both of those I, think,
0: I think for as much there. for as much parity as that league had this year I really do think San Diego and Portland are kind of head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of form. I mean, obviously they had the, they had the buys, but their rosters, I think are just the most talented, the ones out there. I mean, San Diego, you got Jane Shaw, Naomi Gurma, Alex Morgan, um, some other international players like Van Egmond from uh, Australia, Portland. You got Sophia Smith, Sam Coffey's been balling out. Yeah. Um, Christine Sinclair I think is still in the Thorns
1: right for now I don't think she's retiring from club soccer anytime soon maybe just, just the international game I don't know um I one one thing that is fascinating to me is that like <laughs> if the seating had just been flipped slightly OL Reign would be traveling to Portland and you'd get a really good derby out there, but instead Gotham has to fly all the way across the country to go out there. So maybe an opportunity missed there, but I, I just, I really can't see Portland or San Diego uh, losing. And if those two play in the final should be an absolutely cracking match. Um, Must see TV that I think will be on CBS.
0: I know it's on November 5th, Sunday, which will be exciting. We had, we had some good, uh, weekend, playoff soccer coming our way. U.S. Women's National Team has uh, two friendlies against Colombia. Roster is mostly the same as last window, with two notable changes. Becky Sauerbrunn, beloved center back, two-time World Cup winner, Olympic gold medalist, gold medalist. She returns from injury. We also could see the U.S. Women's National Team debut of Olivia Moultrie. She is, I feel so old, eighteen years old, uh, playing for Portland Thorns the youngest ever NWSL goal scorer at 16. She just won the NWSL championship for lat- with Portland Thorns last year. I'm thinking of the soccer games I was playing in when I was 16, and they were certainly not professional matches for a championship-winning team. They weren't. Uh, you have thoughts? I mean, we did, we to see Linda Caicedo. I mean, Colombia was kind of the darlings for us of the Women's World Cup. I think it should be a much better test than... <laughs> All due respect to South Africa, but I think it'll be a better test than South Africa was. I think that's all this is. Like, I think I am excited
1: to watch them play a pair of competitive matches where the players not only get to compete against a really quality side on the field, but ideally probably a little bit more competition and training. I think at the end of the day, both of those, I'll call them matches in September, were more so a farewell exercise for Megan Rapino and Julie Ertz, which has its place. I think we saw some decent performances from a number of players in both of those matches. But at the end of the day, the whole whether the US won or lost those matches, I think was not necessarily irrelevant, but kind of a secondary story. Like the story was the farewell tour of a pair of legends, whereas this window. I'm hopeful we'll be able to really lay the groundwork for whoever is going to follow. Is Twilight Kilgore still in charge? I have not heard yeah. any anything in terms of a new manager, but ideally, can it would be of, cool
0: if we got one of those at some point. Yeah, I, I haven't we have heard, an Olympics.
1: I have really not true. heard anything and have not seen any reports about potential candidates, which feels somewhat concerning to me.
0: Well, Vladko Indanovsky just got hired as the KC current head coach, so we will not be having a Greg Berhalter situation, at least.
1: I mean, I wonder if they're just going to wait for the end of the NWSL season to maybe start fielding some of the candidates.
0: And I mean, Matt Crocker said December was the timeline, which I don't really quite understand where we got that from, but that would be con- like this is consistent with what he said like, after the Oman win. I know everyone remembers that one. Sure.
1: Either way, I think it's going to be great to watch them play in a pair of competitive matches with what would right now be our A squad Um, still missing Mallory Swanson. I have no idea when she'll be healthy enough to return. Um, I don't even know if she'll be healthy enough for the Gold Cup come February, but ideally she's back for the Olympics
0: in August, right? Hope so. I mean, she tore it. It was an ACL, right? I mean, it it was like a traumatic injury that was that was like right before the world cup i feel like olympics is probably the earliest that she's going to come back
1: so anyway i'm excited to watch them play even if they are friendlies um we'll try to give both of those matches as much of my time as possible because in the meantime i will also be following just like you probably will plenty of road to the Concacaf w gold cup action um We talked about it just before we came on. I think the story of this window for the W Gold Cup is, if not all, many of Jamaica's players from the World Cup squad will not be playing for Jamaica in its matches against Panama and Guatemala in this window. They are on strike from the Jamaican Federation for not being paid on time for lack of communication, poor organization, poor management. They released a collective statement. Uh, According to CNN, it looks like they released a statement yesterday, yesterday afternoon. Citing, we have dealt with this lack of communication, poor organization, poor management, and delayed payments from the JFF time and time again, signed with love, your reggae girls, which in the grand scheme of things, that is awful for both that team, those players, and that federation that they're dealing with that. But from a chaos perspective, it really turns Group B completely on its head. Um, with Jamaica currently in last place, they haven't played a match yet. But if I'm Panama or Guatemala, like you have to be looking at this window as an opportunity to to take advantage of that situation to potentially move on and qualify for the W Gold Cup. Um where the all the standings are still where we left them. Mexico's in pole position in group A and League A. Um, and it looks like it's gonna end up potentially being a goal difference battle. Between Costa Rica and Haiti in Group C. Let's take a look at what matches are actually going to be happening here in the coming weeks. So, in this window, as I said earlier, Jamaica is going to uh play at Panama and at home against Guatemala. Haiti is going to get a pair of matches against St. Kitts and Nevis, which one would think would be an opportunity for them to really build that goal difference because if you remember, Las Tikas beat the uh, uh, can we call them the Sugar Girls? Is is that is that possible? For- as, as
0: long as it's spelled with a Z,
1: then I will allow uh, it. Uh, the Las Tikas beat Saint Kitts and Nevis eleven nil back in September, um, so could be a chance for Haiti to kind of flex its muscle and actually take a commanding lead atop of Group C there um and then as we said in our in our la uh, the podcast for the last window um kind of in group b what is it the the winners of league b will advance to the playoffs and
0: they'll play the runners up from league a
1: at this point i think the most impressive team has still been el salvador like we talked about in september so two more matches for each of those teams you can follow all of those matches on paramount plus again not much has changed but um, I think a lot to look forward to and a lot of chaos that will likely ensue on the road to MLS. I mean, the road to the W Gold Cup because we couldn't have come up with a more creative name for this process. You got any thoughts on the uh, <laughs> the women's window as a whole?
0: Uh, not a ton. I think you really hit on basically everything. Um, I don't have a round robin for you. I do have some assorted... Random updates from niche America, North American Soccer. Uh the Canadian Premier League playoffs, Forge on. Forge FC has clinched their champions cup berth because Calvary beat Pacific in the second semifinal. So with Calvary winning the shield, they're already in. It'll be Calvary and Forge in the final. That's this Saturday. At Forge, right? That's correct. Because of the great whatever system that is, the Piedmont Page system. system. So Page we will be playing system. in Hamilton, Ontario, at Tim Hortons Field. So on brand. Love our Canadian friends. Uh, the USL playoffs are underway for our lower division friends in American soccer. USL championship. Their quarterfinals are now set. Sacramento Republic FC. We had to get a reference in there. The one seed in the West. They'll play San Antonio. The other... uh Western matchup is Orange County versus Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising, former Didier Drogba team. I don't know if you remember that. In the East, it's uh, Louisville versus Detroit, and then Charleston Battery and Birmingham Legion. And then in the third division, USL League One, my beloved Richmond kickers did not make the playoffs, but Union Omaha, shout out to Bob Loman, will be playing Charlotte Independence in one semifinal, and then North Carolina will play North Carolina Northern Colorado, Hailstorm. Love that name so much in the other semi. Um, we got we got Caribbean Cup semifinals happening tonight. Those winners will come into Champions Cup berth. We got Central American Cup playing tonight. Got some fun stuff all around. Ooh. That's about all I got.
1: Oh, man. We got to stop running ourselves thin on the weekends.
0: I'm yeah, talking. I had a wedding this weekend. Shout out to my cousin that got married. It was a great time, but um, it was my niece's birthday. God forbid she decided to turn one. Right, weird now. that people have like big life milestone moments and aren't just completely dedicated to niche soccer in north america yeah it's really
1: really disappointing to be honest with you my brother-in-law recently got engaged it's really been an impactful couple weeks here for me and rachel god forbid they forget that we're in the middle of some pretty crucial international windows and at a critical juncture in the mls season but that's just me anyway got jamie football this weekend for those that are JMU football fans, Andy and I will be in Harrisonburg together watching JMU destroy the Monarch Butterflies, hopefully, on Saturday. Feel
0: free to rank the Dukes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, one, no one it's, I'm
0: going to sign off all my emails with, feel free to rank the Dukes. <laughs> they are ranked, though. We they are, are indeed, but they won't, country.
1: they won't after this week because we're not eligible for the college football playoff rankings because we're ineligible by the NCAA.
0: We're going to play in the Bahamas Bowl, so it's fine. It's all that matters. Sure. Sure. We've gone off the rails. We really have. Any final thoughts? We always man? do.
1: Any final thoughts for this women's window on the international side and in the lovely MLS or NWSL playoffs?
0: Uh, soccer's the best. That's all I got.
1: It's going to be Sleep is chaos. the worst, apparently. Huh?
0: Sleep huh? is the worst. I think that's oh, the official oh, no. slogan really of this is. podcast. It really is. It's going to be a lot of
1: fun, though. Um, lots of chaos coming up. And heck, we got more Nations League coming up in like three weeks as well, which is even wilder. What did the U.S. actually playing in Nations League? Who would have thought? Enjoy all the action. Enjoy a couple of U.S. Women's National Team matches. Enjoy the chaos that is the road to the W Gold Cup. Enjoy the MLS Cup playoffs. Enjoy some soccer abroad wherever you watch it because as Andy says every time soccer is the best my name is Don Palumbo for my esteemed and much smarter colleague Andy lumen thank you for making Because Concaf a part of your day night afternoon or wherever you may be listening see ya